Welcome to Oplish, a podcast where we open an honest conversation about everything from A to Z as it pertains to LGBTQ plus community and beyond. I'm your host, Rodney. You can follow me at I am Rodney Wash. I'm your host, Marco DePrince, and you can follow me at Marco DePrince. I'm your host, Shazam. You can follow me at underscore kid and play underscore. Do I not know my damn name? <laughs> and I'm Solomon E. Stretch, and you can follow me at Solomon E. Stretch. As he said. <laughs> well, you guys, we are on season two, episode 11. Snap, snap, snap for us, lucky 11. As you all know, sweet babies, we have a collection play in the middle. I actually had ordered one on Amazon. It'll be here next week. Okay. So it's going to be really Does it have physical. velvet in it? Is it gold? It's Old Baptist. Yes, yes. <laughs> we got to get a red hymn. It's Old Baptist. Old Baptist collection plate. So, yes, yeah, so we take anything from dollars on up, you guys. So, you know, sharing is caring. And Solomon will tell you how to, you know, support more. So, openers, we do love you. We love your support. We love your donations when they come. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. And... <laughs> Most importantly, we love it when you like, comment, and subscribe. We appreciate your comments in our DMs. We appreciate your comments on our, our Instagram wall. Uh, we have been thoroughly enjoying every last one of you openers. However, head on over to our YouTube. And again, like, comment, and subscribe. All right, and give us five star ratings. We are five star bitches. Yeah. <laughs> We're so bottom this week. This week. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to VSA. Yeah. <laughs> Bad bitch. I'm the star. Solomon, how was your week? <laughs> it's been good. Um, I saw my mother this weekend. Mm. Um, I love seeing her. Aww. And um, I had some guests this weekend. I'm not really an entertainer, so really, yeah, I'm that not. shocks me. That does shock really? me. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, like if I'm in a relationship and I'm entertaining, that's one thing. But if I, if like I'm not, I'm nobody's tour guide, and like if you if you come in to stay or crash, you you really up to you. You're really on your own. Um, but other than that, it was good. It's been a good week. <laughs> But hey, it's not wrong with a chill good week. No, right. <laughs> Go your ass outside, tan yourself. <laughs> okay, don't come visit Solomon, y'all. <laughs> not tell him you just landed. My, my people are Girl, good. My people are great. The house. Let, let me let me get it straight. My people are good. My people are straight. However, if you're expecting like me to show you around, I'm not the one. Mm. I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My friends will be coming to get showed around. They're going to get turned out. Oh. <laughs> turned no shade. Out. They know what it is. Girl. What it is? Oh, What's, What's up? up? <laughs> <laughs> Mark on that note, how was your week? <laughs> My week was very, very relaxing. Um, yeah, I slept. Um, work stressed me out, so I just needed a weekend of just sleep and just recharging my social battery. Um, but this weekend, I'm outside. Okay. So, yeah. If you need STD, let me know. Uh, wait, wait what? I mean corporate. You know, STD. Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. At mm-hmm. short, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, okay. right. I, said, oh. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, cut the cameras. Are you doing now? STD? No, 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 no. We had to clear I don't want to say because somebody be watching from you know where. So I'm just going to say STD. Mm-hmm. And I if you know, you know. I was like, I was like, now what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I don't want that. No, no, no. But you do want this yes, one. Yes, <laughs> I do. I do want that, though. I do. This one pays. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and that a trip to the clinic. Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm not playing with y'all. My week was good. I, uh, me and my best friend went on a bestie trip this weekend. We were in okay. Chicago, and we went and seen Anita Baker. And oh. this is like my third time seeing her. Every time she goes on tour, I'm like, I'm going because she's a legend and she's one of the only girls who still sounds like she did back in the day. And Rodney, she opened up the show with your girl's song. She sung Lady Marmalade and sung it better than your girl. Oh. Mm. She sung it down. It was crazy. Like I was, I was shocked. Like I normally she that. opens up with like her songs, but she sung it and she's like. Well, Patty wasn't there, but she sung Lady Marmalade by Patty. And she was like, shout out to Patty. I love Patty. And I was like, yeah, she needs all the love she can get right now. That's why she did it, probably. Yeah, but you saw there was a video of Patty LaBelle like dancing at the Usher concert, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Patty, <laughs> <laughs> though, what? I'm like, oh, girl, you knew the words now, huh? Be she be really be crap walking. All she needed to do. She you had her grape juice and everything, okay? She knew all the words to that song. Anyways, Rodney, how was your week? <laughs> My week was actually, it was good. Um, so friends are still in town. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but, um, but I love them. <laughs> we had a good time. We had went to um, traffic on mm -hmm. Sunday, and we had a booth. And a section, whatever you want to call it. And I hated it. I'm sorry. You hated the booth or you hated the I like to be with the people. I don't like to, I'm sorry. I know y'all bitches. I don't want to be twerking with y'all and dance. I want to be with the niggas. I don't know me. I feel, I feel you. <laughs> I don't be, I don't kiss the no, I'm like, yeah, I'm saying. I'm not fucking on my friends. So, bitch, I don't be no sexy with you. <laughs> Comments to that. We were in, when we were in Chicago this weekend, everywhere we went out, they didn't have sections like that. Did not. And I was amazed because people were actually dancing. And I mean, like, sweating dancing, like, in a gay club. And I'm like, what? Did I step back in 99? Like, people were literally, like, dancing, having a good time. They were not worried about sections and bottle wars and shit. It was so much That's fun. That's what I need, dude. So then coming back to Atlanta, I went to traffic last night, too. And I was just like, oh, here we go. Yeah, well, that's what was... I miss about old Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Yeah, old, like, old Atlanta it used to be the business. This is hookah and bottles. That's all I remember from that the night. Outfits. Baby, Girl, barely that. Sick of it. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Uh, what? What's the girl name? <laughs> Too many niggas. Too many bitches. What a nigga said. Uh, sexy red. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to say too many niggas. What the other nigga said. <laughs> she is funny. If y'all ever get a chance, just get on YouTube and watch her live performances. It'll have you laughing. Oh, goodness. Oh, God. Okay. All right, Marco. All right, openers. Before we get into these streets, you already know we got to pay these bills. If you don't know, Apple is our official sponsor for Open Relationship Podcast. In the description below, you can grab a link for... One month free of Apple TV or Apple Music. Make sure you support us because we're here to stay. Thank you. You ready to get into these streets? Let's get into these dot dirt streets. Well, you, know the streets <laughs> you know the streets been ghetto, child, ever since Friday. I don't think it's the streets. I think it's the United States has been ghetto. <laughs> I'm moving to Mexico, by the way. Oh, I ain't saying all that. Yeah, I ain't doing all that. I can have tacos every day. Girl, in the cartels. I don't know if you're allowed to say that. What? I can't have tacos every day. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I had one. You get one to pass. Okay. <laughs> My bad. I don't think you actually had more than one, but that's okay. Uh, but yes, this week in the streets, uh, we're going to talk about the United States government and the affirmative action plan that they have decided to rule against um, six mm. Republicans, three Democrats. The Republicans said, no, everybody equal for not equal. But, you know, we just won't. 
the whites to be the whites and everybody else to be the else. Um, for those that are listening that don't know what the affirmative action plan is, it is it consists of government-mandated, government-approved, and voluntary private programs granting special consideration to historical excluded groups, specifically to racial minorities or women. Mm. Yes. Um, and on Friday, June 3rd, they had a ruling, and it did not go well. Um, they are taking race out of the factor when people are applying to colleges and universities. Um, and I think that's just a downhill for us as a country. Um, yeah. I was tweeting about this, and I had a lot of interesting thoughts. I, at first, I was a little irritated. Mm -hmm. Still am a little irritated because I feel like we're turning the clock back on history right. right now. But I think that this is the perfect time that anybody who is black, a drop of black, needs to turn to HBCUs. Mm -hmm. I did not go to an HBCU. I went to a PWI. But I think that this is the perfect timing where everyone needs to go to an HBCU, make them bust at the seams, and then followed by that, like we have to hit essentially Republicans and people that are not of color in their pockets where it hurts. A lot of people get a lot of money off of African-American students that go to these schools to play football, mm -hmm. to run track, to play basketball. Mm -hmm. All these athletes, take y'all black asses to HBCU. Because guess what? You. Then the white colleges are going to be hit in their pockets. And that's how we have to do this. We have to outsmart them. Mm. It's, a, it's very, it's like they think they got a one-up. And it's like, no, if we actually play this right... This will be a one up on y'all. Like y'all, y'all will shoot yourselves in the foot with this one. I think it's trash. I think um, Clarence Thomas is trash, and um, it's very disheartening that he replaced Thurgood Marshall. And they need to also reconsider, like this lifelong sentence as a Supreme Court justice is absolutely crazy. Y'all are making decisions that are going to affect people long after y'all they close the casket at y'all funerals, and that's not fair. I'm gonna say this: y'all black asses, white asses. Spanish asses, Italian asses, Asian asses. Oh my God. Native American asses. asses. Who else? In I don't here? know what is happening. So many asses in America <laughs> did not vote in 2016. Yes. Okay. Y'all did not realize when he was begging y'all asses, vote for me. This nigga is crazy. He's going to fuck y'all over long after he's gone. And guess what he's doing? Fucking us over long after he's gone. Yep. Because he packed the Supreme Court with not one Republican. Mm -hmm. Three Republicans. Yeah, three, three. And the weak ass Democrats, I'm tired of weak asses too. I'm gonna call everybody out because I'm just disgusted. Mm -hmm. Go off. Y'all don't fight enough for me. Baby, I'm tired of y'all. Y'all had a whole Senate and the House. I would have packed the Supreme Court too. Hello. Yes, play check with checkers. A chess, whatever you call the shit, I'm just angry. You know what I mean. <laughs> I would have put three on three and probably would have added another one to say mm -hmm. F you to the Republicans. What is disheartening to me? Is that we even need affirmative action, honestly. I get it why it's there, but it's a time and a place where you should really be based on your merit. And I agree with everything Shazam said. All you athletes out there <clears throat> that's going to these colleges and they paying your tuition and you ain't doing nothing with it and hope you go to um NFL or NBA, go to HBCU. Yeah. Hit them in their pocket. Promise up is CASA on 10th to P month. Okay, they kicked out the black gays, and guess what's happening? They're begging us to come, come back. back, and we're saying, "Fuck you." We're going so, to Virgil's. We're going to Virgil's. going to Virgil's. Thank you. <laughs> and it's not even sponsored to Virgil, but we're going to Virgil's. Okay, so for everyone out there, this is very important now to learn why your voice matters, mm -hmm. and this goes to my friends who say they don't vote and don't say why it doesn't matter. Voting matters, you guys. Yeah. Please vote. Um, just go out there. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat. Just vote. 
But if you got somebody crazy like Trump, vote against. Okay? Yep. Because I might not be voting for Biden, but if he's against Trump, guess who I'm voting for? Biden. <laughs> Again. <laughs> so, you know, the thing about affirmative action, although this is specific to colleges and universities, um, affirmative action really is, benefits white females mm-hmm. the most. And one thing that I am um, have become very aware of that, to your point, you know, when people decide not to vote or when people are voting a certain way, they don't recognize that they are truly impacting themselves. <laughs> and uh, the week, so when, when you talk about the week, like personally, my week was good. But in the grand scheme of things, when we look at the Supreme Court's decision on affirmative action, when we see the Supreme Court's decision on student loans uh, repayment, when we see the Supreme Court's decision on um, discrimination based on sexuality in businesses, like, we've gone downhill. It is embarrassing to just to think about what our ancestors fought for. And even people who are still alive was born 1920s. Imagine being your parents' age in the 50s and 60s, trying to go to school, and you mm-hmm. have white people throwing rocks at you and being mean to you, pulling your hair, berating your house, mm-hmm. burning down your house, your churches. Brown versus and and we're about to go back to that. We're really about to go back to that. I won't be surprised. Mm-hmm. They get overruled. Mm-hmm. We don't want y'all black kids in our school. I, it wouldn't bother me none, but like, it's, it's really going down a, uh, the wrong way. And Trump really says he's going to make America great again. He meant races again. Mm-hmm. And when I think about, um, I also went to a PWI. And when I think I about too, being in large conference halls, these big-ass classrooms, and being one of very few specks in the room, little dots in the room, and I look around and then people are challenging my right to be there. Yeah. If I deserve to be there. And although... <laughs> Sorry, he's thirsty, guys. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, I came from Savannah. Um, mm-hmm. I had a good GPA, went to the university. Granted, I fucked up a little bit once I got there. But that was based, well, look, that was based on the freedom that, that experience. Um, <laughs> but then I pulled it up, and then, you know, here I am today. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I'm one of those students, like, when I buckle down, I'm, I'm one of those I like to show off in the classroom. Like okay. I'm, and it's not that I want to prove that I want to be there. Like I just enjoy being there, and so for someone to challenge why black people and people of color um, have a right or deserve to be in a space, that is sickening. I think it's another disgusting. thing that I've seen over like ooh, Lord, that I've seen like over the few weeks is like as they're leading up to this. You've seen, um, and this isn't like me attacking you or your comment, but you've seen people talking about um, black people and people of color and like how this affects them. And I've seen like, and this isn't like attacking the Asian community by no means, but I've seen a lot of Asian individuals like doing interviews and like Mm. talking and Mm -hmm. tweeting like, yeah, because I should have got into school and I should have done this. And it's like, gag is affirmative action benefited you too. I forgot the young lady I'm following, well, I wasn't following her on Twitter, but she got retweeted on my timeline and she was just saying like how excited she was to tell her kids that like this had been overruled and she was an Asian Asian woman and she was like my kids were so excited because they knew how long I've been fighting for this to be taken out of the system and now everyone has a fair approach to college and it's like sis you don't like 
it's the high, the high high is on you because now right. you're you're fighting even harder. Like your kids may not get into USC anymore. Your kids may not get into Harvard anymore, sis. Like let's be very clear. Actually, I, she's not my sis, girl. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it just I think people like oppressed groups want to oppress other groups, which is very strange to me. It is very like why like you're you're oppressed. Like whether you're rich or not, you're still on the bottom end of the barrel with us. Like come on, it's really weird. I let's like be it. clear. These colleges have over 90% of white people in there. Hello. Mm-hmm. Let's make it even. Let's make it fair. Why is Harvard a non-white school? Why does it be a school for everyone? They don't do that shit. So when people say dumb shit like that, and I just be looking at like, you're dumb. Mm-hmm. You're you're Asian. You're not white. You know, like, if you have some Latinos, have some black people want to be white, they pass for white. You know, you might look white, but when they find out your ass is black, guess what? You out. It's all about what you check on that application. Child, Jay Z said in a band, you still a what? I'm not gonna say it, but <laughs> <laughs> look, if I were them, I start checking. I'm Caucasian. Show up to class. Hi, I'm white. <laughs> People are gonna start putting do not an-, like. I don't want to answer in that box, but <laughs> I can see that. A lot of people are gonna start putting that, and then like, although it benefits white women the most as well. Like at the end of the day, they they think that there's like a like they have a different perception on it at the end of the day you're a woman like you're like you're a minority like and when it comes yeah. to white men and republican the way they look at you they look at you as a woman not a white woman a baby maker baker hello Ooh. you can't even go get your let me stop pray for it. pray for america pray, pray for, for the, the usa, USA. Clark <laughs> sister, baby. that's what i'm about pray for the usa because baby yeah it's pretty disgusting um i hate it um as y'all know like i didn't complete college um i was a college dropout but like i just think about the future after me like all the kids that's applying for colleges and that's actually in school now like what does that mean um for them and our leaders of the future country that we all live in. Yes. Like, I think it's, I, I, it's very disheartening. Get these old-ass folks out of Please. office, off the we Supreme Court. We need some court. young people. We need some like, fresh Like, it blood. is terrible. These people are making decisions based off of when they was raised in 1913. And, girl, go. It's I tired. think everyone should have the presidency term. Two years. I mean, two terms. Max. Two. Keep it moving. Isn't there an age requirement for presidency, too? Thirty, I think it's ooh Lord. Uh uh-uh, uh, I feel like it's thirty five. Thirty five. Thirty five and all. Thirty five. Thirty five. I'm I'm gonna stand by that for a million dollars. Nope, it's thirty five. <laughs> and you have had to be a resident of the United States for fourteen mm-hmm. years. Thirty five. Well then why everybody be fucking fifty and sixty and eighty and shit? <laughs> Dang, I'm sorry, I just went off. I'm sorry, but that really it makes me mad. Yeah, like we got these old people that are in office, like y'all are old. I'm not trying to be ageist here, but damn, like you're making decisions for people who are like 20, and they're like, "Girl, like, what's happening?" So Stuck in their old ass ways. We gotta mm. get them out. Let's clean the whole Supreme Court out. This is baby. Get- we don't need a president. We need a break. You know when your friends be having men all the time, and you be like, "Girl, you need a break." That's what the United <laughs> States needs a break. God. And they need to get rid of these old ass constitutions that were written back in 1776. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is 2023. I mean, that was not even written for black people or even Asian people. Mexican, At all. Mexican people, nobody. It was written, that was written for really white men from London. Not for us. We need a new constitution. New everything. Make me over, body and mind. That's all I want from you. Mickey Howard. <laughs> <laughs>
You don't know about me. Okay? She got a song called uh, Love Under New Management that's a hit. <laughs> Mickey, bring your ass to the stage. <laughs> not enough. So we've been talking about, obviously, the Supreme Court decisions. So with student loans, um, affirmative action, and situational exam, always going to be something we've all been through, something a little spicy, a little zesty, and we're always going to give you a good song, okay? I know my watch keep hitting the table. <laughs> always going to give you a good song. So today, School and Life, Beyonce. Who needs a degree? Ooh, what of School and Life? life. I need both of them. But <laughs> so today, we just going to have a detailed conversation about college. Some serious topics, some kind of a little Lighter, because I want to know if y'all was hoes in college or not, because I've heard some things, seen some things. Ooh, y'all all shaking in y'all boots. <laughs> what they say, if I did it, I done it. <laughs> if no camera caught me, I ain't do it. <laughs> Back then, I feel like cameras wasn't popular, but we'll get into that Exactly. Too. So colleges. So we all talked a little bit about our college experience at the beginning. We were talking about student loan debt and things like that. So... What college y'all attend? PWI, HBCU, what was your major? Tell the people a little bit about yourself. Solomon, run all your degrees down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Solomon go first. So, he got the extensive um, degree. I went to the University of Georgia for undergrad. Um, I graduated with a degree in psychology and a degree in sociology. Um, what else? All of them. Keep running. Well, that was it. Um, but let me let me just say this. So before I decided on the majors that I chose, like I changed my major like five times. I can see that. Um, I went in international business, and mm. I absolutely hated economics. And really, then I did. I can see you doing Same. that though. I, I hated it. Um, there was something about it at the time. I just didn't really have an interest for it. Mm. And then I just took a whole bunch of humanities, and then I found psychology and fell in love with it. Um, then I just took a back to back to back, and then I was like, oh well. My um, advisor, she sat down with me, and she was like, well. If you take a couple more sociology classes, you'll have a dual degree. And I was like, shit, let's run it. Mm, I like it. Yeah. That's it. What about your master's? Oh, for my master's, I went to... We still run all of them down. Oh, uh, for my master's, I went to Argosy University, which has since shut down. Um, and I got a degree in professional counseling and marriage and family therapy. Okay. So you're yeah. trying to get married. Okay. Okay. Oh, Oh, I have said that since day one. <laughs> he did. I have said that so since day one. So I'll say when he found a man, girl, he's going ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Off radar. Oh, <Poof>. right. <laughs> Not poof. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. What? I, I'm not, but I kind of made some good friends there. We were on HBCU. Um, but it was HBCU, you guys. I went to a PWI, and I went to the University of Southern Mississippi. It's located in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, where Brett Favre, Favre, or Favre, how you say it, attended that school. I am a biology graduate, I love so it. I like really? thesis and researching. I did not know that. I like to research things in the background. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I hate papers, so that's why I didn't go any further because some lab reports will take you out. Mm-hmm. Pages I on top of know pages. You were a biology major. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting. I was going to be a pharmacist. 
Yes, yeah, mm. mm-hmm. well, I, I could it. definitely see that. Though. Oh, baby, no. You can be a street pharmacist. Okay. <laughs> 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 My cousins already got that on the round. And I see what that road took you. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> My no. Yeah, so when I went to school, I studied computer information science uh, system. Excuse me. Um, and I did get accepted to all three of my top schools, uh, Mississippi Valley State, Jackson State, and then Portland State. So I did two years at Portland State and then moved to D.C. because I was just like, I just hate the school system. Oh, you got to the Jackson State? Mm-hmm. You should have went to Jackson. No, they sent my financial aid offer too late, like a week before school started. And That's coming, Jackson. Coming from the West Coast to down South, I couldn't <laughs> risk it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's their, no, Marcus, that's their reputation for where they say you want to go to Jackson State, do your shit two years in advance. <laughs> why you still is, why you are Not junior while you were in junior high school. college, you applying. Wow. Because <laughs> they, so they find mm-hmm. that they are so backlogged. You know, when they had that scheme, when they had financial aid still in money, mm-hmm. they're doing that there. And they that's why get called. Allegedly, let me shut the hell up. Allegedly, that's what they're doing there. <laughs> Keep but, that allegedly. You see how uh, <laughs> Tasha K finna go out Yeah, up, but, mm-hmm. yeah, great. That's, that's a real running joke for real. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I went to a PWI. <laughs> 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 I'm Could a you imagine showing up at school and you not having no money? <laughs> no dorm room, no, 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 no. And man, you check into your door. Oh, you can't check in because your money can't do yet. What? You got? You have a negative <laughs> balance in your birthday bill, sir. <laughs> I need you to go down to the office, please, and stand in this long ass line. Oh, babe, we forgot to submit your paperwork. <laughs> do you know how mad I would be? <laughs> Pissed off. You didn't came from Portland <laughs> all the way to Mississippi by myself because my my mom was not coming down there oh, with me. Look, she was like, "You trying to go?" She was like, "You trying to go to security?" security. <laughs> somebody would be called. Look, I'll knock all this shit over. Give me a dorm room now. <laughs> I could not imagine. That is crazy. Going to the bookstore, trying to get last it. book, and you not, thought you had it. <laughs> oh, yeah, so you still owe us. Well, we need something from you. Man, we ain't got no money in your account. <laughs> A negative balance. Can't oh my eat God. nothing. Can't eat go to cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, Damn. go to sleep hungry. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, college, Lord Jesus. Uh, so I'm like, should have brought our fans today. I went to a PWI too. I got, I got my bachelor's in rec therapy, didn't like it at all. And then I went back and got a master's in public health. But yeah, what was the wildest thing y'all done in college? Who cares about them degrees and stuff? Cause, but what was something wild that y'all did? Like, I think the wildest thing that I did, um, a couple of friends and I, we went to uh, Savannah for St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And so Which I've we, heard is a good time. It was back in the day. Okay. So uh, we decided to go at the last minute, and the the closest hotel we could find was like forty five minutes away from Savannah. Mm-hmm. Everything was booked, and so we ended up booking this hotel. We ride out there, trash. Uh, one of my friends, and she she and I went to high school together, but she's like short i was gonna say a height but then that would probably offend her <laughs> if she was watching but then so we're all trashed down on river street and then she's so small we couldn't find her oh so mm. we were looking everywhere for her and rodney's looking <laughs> <laughs> she right there the whole time no oh no 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 <laughs> like we searched for hours and we couldn't find it and then we finally let well we got her of course and then we finally went back to our um hotel but when i tell you 
That was a time. Rodney, what you and do? And that was just like? a fraction of the fun. <sighs> just being gay back in 2009 was just a beautiful time. <laughs> Especially you met people from everywhere. Like, I remember... Um, we got our student refund checks. Shout out to those. <laughs> and we all went to Miami. And we had and we went to Sizzle. And we had the we best How'd you went to Sizzle on the refund check? Oh, baby. This body was out. <laughs> Fresh off the track pies. team. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to get ran. And like, oh, oh, baby, I had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Only fans have nothing on me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe no cameras. I'm saying the party, but like it was just so fun to be young and gay. Like just really like meeting new people, meeting new friends, and you know, so one person was from um, we're from Atlanta. We went to Atlanta and had a good time with the Morehouse. Cause I'm just with the Morehouse, and we had a good time there. I, <laughs> I said, "Ooh, that should have went here." <laughs> I said, "The niggas is out. What the hood niggas at?" <laughs> oh, when I tell you, cause like I want to go to Morehouse, and I don't want to talk to him. But I want to go to Morehouse, and I remember, um, I ain't gonna say his name, but <laughs> whatever. But like he said, "Hey, you know, let's go to land this weekend." It was Labor Day weekend. Oh, child. And I said, "Yeah, let's go." <laughs> so we went there. We uh, stayed with his cousin. He stayed in um, East Atlanta. And we went to Morehouse and met some of his friends. said, oh, I know I'm fucking tonight. <laughs> you know, you meet somebody and say, oh, this is my man for the weekend. <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> Mark, I feel like you got a wild college story because you always got some wild stories from Dude, DC oh. Pride stories. Um, Digging your bag. So when I was in D.C., it was Caribbean Festival, and it was Howard's Homecoming Weekend. And this oh, was wow. when Drake was first coming up. Oh. So we did um, Carnival in D.C. on Georgia Avenue. And then we walked our ass over to the yard on Howard's campus. Um, drunk as fuck. I didn't have no man for the weekend, but I did have a time. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm just blackout drunk. And next thing you know, just Drake comes on stage. Everybody runs toward the stage. The um, barricades fall down. Niggas is trampling. My bad. People are trampling over each other. People got injured. And I was like, yeah, so I got to leave now because this is a little too ghetto for me. And, yeah. Oof. I think my worst story was probably, we, we got kicked out of a hotel. We went down for, like, so I went to school in Bloomington, which is, like, a really, like, small white town. Like we State got called- Forum Capital. Blo- no, that's Bloomington, Illinois. Oh, okay. Bloomington, Indiana. Oh, it's like oh, oh. really, really small. Like bad. Like we got called N words on campus. Bad. Like mm. yeah. So um, yeah. Like we was walking downtown one time. Leaving campus is like tied into the city when the college is. Oh, not so there. like Ole Miss then. Okay. Yeah, it's bad. Okay. 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 So um, nonetheless, we had went thirty minutes north to go to Indianapolis to go to like hang out for the weekend. We didn't got our little H and M blazers. You know, H and M had just started in Bloomington. <laughs> We fresh H&M head to toe. I think the shoes even from H&M are Zara's. Not Zara. What's the uh, Aldo? They was Aldo shoes. And we had got drunk as hell, like blackout drunk. I blacked out. And the next morning I woke up and I was back in Bloomington in my apartment. I'm like, y'all what happened? They like, bitch, we got kicked the fuck out the hotel. We had like a rooftop suite at Embassy and got kicked the fuck out for being too loud and drunk and stuff. But it was a good time. Damn, you must have had a good ass time. A time with that. Child, too much time. So in light of like what's <laughs> happened with affirmative action, all of us have shared like the good times. Does it make you think like, damn, like did I actually deserve a spot at the school or was I like an affirmative action number? That's a good damn question. Mm-hmm. I deserved a spot. Same. I, mean, I had a GPA, so I say yeah. <laughs> I was a smart ass kid. 
<laughs> it makes you think though like it, it, is it like because we know that like affirmative action comes into play but is it like oh like do we have to meet a quota do we have a number like or do or do we say okay you're not in the affirmative action count because you have this gpa that makes you think because even when you think of harvard and yale right if everybody mm. have 4.0s or 4.3 some people 4.5s what makes y'all all different what makes you special like, that makes you think about that because, I mean, it was like kids, you know, you go to school, like, oh, I did this. They're like, I did this. Oh, well, shit, you both class presidents, so who's smarter? <laughs> who's better? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we both make an A. So, like, it just makes you think about that because I had a Lucky Day scholarship. Um, I had a 31 on my um, ACT, you know, so I think I deserved a spot. But now I'm thinking, was I just a check? <laughs> check but mark. I think it also boils down to that like that college essay mm. i had to do one i had an interview well i mean essentially the same thing okay so you know you either have someone who's sitting there reading this essay about mm-hmm. what makes you what what speaks to your character mm-hmm. and what speaks to your experiences in life versus you know sitting in front of someone and then going through an interview um but you know when you sit in front of somebody and you get to see them or when you're reading this paper and you get to see what someone has gone through, um, the experiences that shapes them, um, I think that tells a bigger picture. Mm. Maybe. Thoughts? I think it tells a different picture when you put, when you can place your eyes on them. Yeah. Definitely an interview, like Rodney said, but if it's just an article or a paper, I don't know if they're like, of course, I don't know the ins and outs of the admissions process, but if I get an application and I have and I see like, oh, you're black, or you're Asian, or you're white, and then I read your essay, you might have some unconscious biases about that person just because based off their race. Mm-hmm. Like, you might see something that says, okay, he's black, and then um, I, in my essay, I'm talking about, like, oh, my parents have this degree, my parents have this degree, and things like that, and you're like, oh, like, he's black, and his parents are doctors. But then you see another essay that's somebody who's white, and they're like, I don't know my parents. I'm from foster care, or something like that. Like you might have different unconscious biases and have like a little bit of a soft spot for somebody versus the other person. Mm. So those are the types of things that like made me like think about that. Like, did they read my essay and say like, oh, like he would be a good representation of the university long term, or is this like, oh, here we're going to give you a little piece of college? That makes you think. I mean, what's up, dating this guy? Um, he worked for a logistics company. He was like telling me how this one colleague who was. YT did the bare minimum job and everybody else worked hard around him and when the people who got when promotion went out, he got the job and everyone around him was even mad. Even other YT people. Cause he done nothing. And they was like, well, especially he was white. Mm-hmm. And it makes you think about shit like that. Like, this is everybody who's bust their ass at work, like, you know, like really go in and hard and then y'all both apply for a job and they be the bitch who don't do nothing. <laughs> but clock in to work. Hey, good morning, get your report. Goodbye. Clock that bitch. <laughs> I don't like people like that. <laughs> But I also think about like all the people who stood around and said nothing while he got away with doing nothing. Mm. And so that also speaks to like your character. And so you really can't be mad because that's what he's been. He's probably been doing that his entire life. Mm -hmm. And when you think about like I was thinking about this on the way here because I was like, we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court. And I was like, like, I do not envy the three, the three who made the decisions to um, uphold the rights of the people. Mm-hmm. And so, but this is like that group project, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're in school and you're doing this massive group project and then you have these motherfuckers who ain't doing shit. 
Like, this person who you're talking about, that's what he's been doing. That's what these people have been doing. Mm-hmm. So for the three who are voting for the people, I don't envy them. Because that has to be frustrating as hell. Oh, yeah. I couldn't imagine. Like, go. I, you have coworkers that you don't like, but these are people, like, they have, like, a big job. Well, they're supposed to. They ain't doing shit. But they have, like, big responsibilities. And for, like you just mentioned, to have three people that are, like, consistently feeling like I got to go against the grain over and over. Like, I'm over it. Like, I'm I say, squat me out, bitch. <laughs> Where's my vaccination? <laughs> but, I do, but I do see the three speaking up. They like, are. Mm-hmm. They, they are very vocal. And I see a lot of other politicians who are very vocal, who are calling out people who are getting, who have gotten those PPP loans Baby. forgiven and still voting for affirmative uh, action um, being repelled. Can you imagine? I think one company got like $1.7 million. And guess what? Erased. There was a politician. I don't remember which one is who it was, but his tweet tech came up because he was like, um, great job to the Supreme Court Justice of the United States for upholding um, student loan debt. This is not our responsibility to take care of. And somebody, pulled, I think it was AOC, she like pulled his, his tweets and all his information and was like, you got over $500,000 in PPP loans and they're forgiven. And you're over here complaining about someone's student loan forgiveness not being like somebody wanted student loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And they were like, he, she was basically saying like, this is something that they needed. Like you need a degree to be successful in America. You got some paytech protection program checks and now you don't have to pay any money back. Do you think that's fair? So it's like a lot of people that are getting clocked for that. There are a mm-hmm. lot of people that are like millionaires and billionaires that got PPP loans. And they didn't, for, like, they're forgiven. It's like, damn, bitch, should I have got one too and pay my student loans off? Think about what that time when General Moore, General Motors and Ford, all of mm-hmm. them got that bailout. Mm-hmm. Right. I just don't understand. How can we give, like, I don't understand government, but I'm trying to understand, like, we can give billions of dollars. We can find money to pay for all these wars, all this stuff. Like, people, like a regular person like me, if y'all can do this... Y'all can wipe off goddamn thirty thousand dollars with a blink of your eye if you want to. Okay, when you so why it. is it so hard to do that? So it doesn't make sense to me. You can't tell me you can erase company corporations debt, <laughs> and here I come. We just need a billion dollars of y'all budget. Y'all already gave out forty billion this year. What's another billion gonna hurt? No, bitch, y'all gotta suffer. Cause they're rich. <laughs> That's crazy to me. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about the bottom line. And so, um, in the society in which we live in, they don't care about you. They really don't. They don't really, they don't they're, they're, they're not thinking about what you could do with that benefit. They're just thinking about what General Motors can do in stimulating the economy once, once that debt has been relieved. Hell, if I didn't have the student loan debt I have, I could stimulate the economy by my damn self. Baby, it's going to be there when I die. Hello, I have a mentor. I'm going to wake up in heaven and going to say, I'm free. No more debt for me. <laughs> Seeking it a heavenly choir. I feel like this is a topic we like beat with a dead horse because everybody's so frustrated about it. But do you think that if you had to go back, like take yourself back to whatever year you graduated high school, right? Say you're a senior in high school right now and you just heard the Supreme Court is not forgiving student loan debt and they're not, they've uh, repealed affirmative action. Do you think you would still go to college and pursue a degree in this time period? Knowing that a lot of people are very successful without having degrees. With today's economy, like, whatever's going on. Right now. Oh, babe, I would say fuck college in a heartbeat. Now, this, Mm -hmm. these things. Like, right now, now, he was applying. Oh, yes, I would not go to college. Oh, fuck no. No, no, no. Agreed. 
Agreed. Okay, we all agree there. I think I would have been like, okay, I'm not doing it. So the funny thing is, um, and I, was having, I was having this conversation with my um, yoga guru, and as I was studying yoga, all of it was psychology principles. Mm -hmm. And it's um, text that has been written and has been around for over 2,000 years. And so I'm sitting here and I'm reading this stuff, and I'm like, Oh my god, this is cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh my god, this is rational emotive behavioral therapy. So I'm like on the phone with him and I was like, I know this stuff. And he was like, Yeah, but you can't put a price on this. I said, Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my whole my whole education. Like yeah. what I paid for for my bachelor's, my master's, like over a hundred thousand dollars worth of information. Like, and then I a fraction of it in the certification. I think it's just disheartening because you think about like, all, if you have student loan debt, I, I ain't ashamed to talk about I got student loan debt. I got two degrees. My undergrad was free. My master's, my parents was like, we paid for undergrad, boo. You got to do what you got to do. But um, thinking about it, it's just like, I know so many other people that like left, like didn't go to college, got a job, and they don't have no student loan debt. And I'm like, fuck, like, Debt is really like taking down the millennials. Like it's really holding a lot of people back. Like and it's IT, we ain't got IT. I know somebody got IT certification is making a hundred and seven thousand mm -hmm. dollars versus about who went to school for um, information technology or computer science four years, eighty thousand dollars in debt. This bitch went online, took a couple of <laughs> courses, and now he make a hundred seven thousand dollars. Just like you, be has no debt, and you do. Child, it's all about experience. That is disrespectful as fuck. Experience and who you know. We saw that with the damn presidency, but we ain't gonna go there. Who Lord, let's get off this topic because I'm getting hot and pissed off. <laughs> well, Solomon. But Jesus all right. paid it all, child. So I ain't paying them people. <laughs> there you go. Jesus paved the way. Okay. Can't worry about it. So the world is away. So for today's menage a trois, we're gonna be talking about homophobia. Mm. But uh, Rodney, you actually brought up this topic, and so I wanted to know what sparked this. Why did you want to? Why did you want to talk about homophobia? So I was on the shade room, and Child. that's the worst. Thing. They were posting about uh, in, um, for the end of June for mm -hmm. LGBT, uh, LGBTQ plus community pride. They were posting, you know, people so big allies, people who was part of the LGBTQ community, and I was reading all these hateful comments, and I went through like a hundred profiles. I ain't gonna lie, because I was four thirty hot. And I'm seeing like, but girl, this is your friend. He looks gay. You you doing all this stuff? You twerking and you doing all this, but you want to quote Bible scriptures and say all this stuff. And what I understand is this: is how can you be homophobic if it's not for you? It's not for you. Like I tell somebody, I was raised by two straight parents. My parents did not teach me how to be gay. Mm -hmm. They let us say, oh, well, if it's two gay dads or two gay moms, they automatically have a gay child. That is the dumbest shit I ever heard in my life. No. I mean, did anybody teach you how to be gay in your household? Let's take a survey. No. 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 <laughs> okay. I mean, like, it's in you or, like, unfortunately something happens to you. That mm. is true for some a lot of people. But for some people, too, it's just it, it just happens. Who wants to wake up being black and gay? So you are discriminatory with the white people, and now your own race don't like you because you gay. Mm -hmm. That is not an easy walk. Mm -mm. People don't people don't understand when you when you when you come at somebody. And I need to talk about myself because I used to be the person who used to look at a very feminine man with nails and makeup mm -hmm. and eyelashes and all this shit. And 
I respect that shit now. It takes a lot of confidence to be mm-hmm. true to who you really are, right? Yeah. And like you walk the streets of Atlanta, heels, baby, pumps, lipstick on, baddest bitch in the room, and you the loudest bitch in the room. We don't give a fuck. And like, if people think that's easy, that takes a lot of confidence, a lot of bullying, a lot of self reflection to be who you are. And it hurt, and it hurts my heart when it comes for the same community who was depressed as well. Like we like, why would you do that to us? I agree. I think just like I said earlier, oppressed people like to oppress other people. It's so weird to me that most of the time the biggest people are the biggest mouths you hear fighting against like gay marriage rights or like gay rights in general. Be black straight folks. Like what the fuck are y'all doing? Because if they take ours, they're taking out everybody's next. Like y'all next on the table. Y'all oh. trying to like rah rah around like taking gay rights and then they're gonna be like, oh by the way, you, you can't get married anymore. And we'll be back to jumping the broom. And not because we're celebrating it, but because that's all we can do. Right. Like I don't know if it clicks in straight folks' heads sometimes that, like, if they start repealing black, well, gay rights first, black people are next on the platter. Like, that's just how it's going to be. And it's weird. action. Like, I don't know. That really, that, that pisses me off. And just like you mentioned, the shade room comments are just a mess. Like, every time, I feel like sometimes I get irritated. I don't actually follow them. But when I see somebody, like, send me something about it and I start reading the comments, I'm like, Y'all do this shit because y'all know y'all comments is gonna run up, and I don't mm-hmm. like that. Y'all do all. shit around incognito profiles. Yes, y'all do, and not even no, not the incognito. I'm talking about the shade room. Y'all post shit that specifically y'all know people are gonna attack gay people if y'all post on y'all page. Y'all know it. Y'all know what the comments are gonna look like. So why do you keep doing that? Like it's trash. I don't like them. For numbers, girl. Um, yeah, I I don't know how we got here. Like. Stylists, makeup artists, hairstylists, like, they're all, not all of them, but majority of them are gay. And y'all go on the internet, bash us underneath the comments and say derogatory things. But y'all need us and y'all need our services. Hello. Make it make sense. The piano player's gay, the background singer's gay, the choreographer's gay. The pastor's probably gay too. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Choir director. <laughs> I saw this interview with Angelica Ross, the um, woman who plays Candy mm, on Pose. I, I miss and Pose. And I miss so Pose. Much. I Damn, I miss Pose. It was so educational. Yeah. But she was in this interview, and she was talking about this exact thing. And she was talking about how um, everybody is always talking about being a king, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this, so this is specifically for black males, but we could apply this to black females as well, being queens, right? But you want to be a king, you want to be a queen, but you're not willing to protect the whole kingdom. That's mm. good. That that was when That's I good. when I heard That's that, I was like, let me keep on listening. And she was talking about how how are you how are you going to be a king and you're not going to protect the little feminine black boy? How are you going to be a king and you're not going to protect the little trans kid? And because this is this is your kingdom, this is your community, but not even just that. The, when we're we're talking about the community as a whole, but you're not even doing it in your family. Mm, that's good. That, that is, is so really good. big. That's a word. Like that. That's good. And I, there's not a lot of times that I'm speechless, but that actually <laughs> was good. That makes sense. Like you are responsible for everyone, and. It just hurts my heart, and that's the scariest. This is why I'm really scared to have children, y'all, because mm. I would really kill over my child. 
Like, I cannot imagine my child going to school and me and my husband dropping my child off. He come home crying, talking about some little boy picking on me. I'm a, I'm on my way to the school <laughs> <laughs> saying, where the little boy at? Where's your mom and daddy? Where's the principal? Where's the teacher? Like, I can't. And I've been watching it with some um, in California. It was a, a superintendent. Mm-hmm. It was about trying to remove gay books from school. And she was like, and, she, and her speech was so beautiful. She was like, "How can I stand up here and say they don't matter when that's their reality?" You try to remove like people are really gay. People are gay, y'all. It is what the fuck it is. If you are scoring a woman or scoring a man because your man was DL or your wife was DL and they did something to you and you just mad the whole world, you need to go to therapy and, and fix your life. Like that's not our fault. Some people are really scared to be who they are because of that shit. It's a lot of men who is in my family, and I'll give fuck who see it. That's gay. Mm-hmm. And DL. That's gay. <laughs> you love calling your family. I swear. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> and be mad at me for living my goddamn truth. Y'all out here miserable. And then when I catch you out and about, when I see you where I see you, you want to um, duck your head and dodge. Hide your kids, hide your wives. Uncle. <laughs> oh. He already know I don't like him anyway. <laughs> but on my daddy's side, I keep being specific. Mm. Um, and like, <laughs> it, it just really bothers me. And I and it, and I, and this this growing up and being teased about shit from mm. your family members are like y'all was bad because I'm truthful and y'all lying. All in New Orleans on the wrong side. Mm. I so, think. Oh, go ahead. I think it becomes a point where, and I hate that I, you have to. It, it, I hate that it looks like this. But I think so many, um, I'll say, because speaking from my experience, uh, just seeing the way a lot of black males have to navigate sexuality, people don't understand it until it happens close to them. Mm-hmm. And this is not mm-hmm. me saying, like, homophobia or um, anything like that is okay. But a lot of times, like, if they if it's not close to them, it doesn't hit home. They mm-hmm. don't know how to deal with it. So, like, you have that aggressive black father. Well, I want to say aggressive. I want to call black men aggressive. I don't like that. You have the um, extremely um, hyper-masculine black father who is like, my son has to play basketball. My son has mm-hmm. to play football. But he's like, no, dad, I want to play piano and play tennis. Or I want to dance. And he's like, no. But then when he gets older and you see, like, oh, my son can actually dance. My son can actually do hair. Like, wow. You have Then you start seeing these things like, okay, like, it's not that bad. If the worst somebody can say about my son being gay, that's it. And it doesn't happen until it happens to them. And I think that's, like, of course, unfortunately, that's how it happens. But I think sometimes they have to get through that. And, pre- and once it happens to them, they then know how to protect other people around them. So it's weird. I think the way we have to man- maneuver sexuality in the black community is very strange. I think you're right. I, um, to that point, you know, I, I I keep going back to this word homophobia and it's talking about this fear, right? Mm-hmm. Of fear of gay. Um, in one respect, I'm like, you're not afraid. You're just an asshole. And then in, a, in another respect, I look at this fear of like, I'm not afraid of your gayness i'm afraid for your gayness and i can so when you talk about that hyper masculinity i can see a lot of uh black parents who um are who just grew up black and i don't want to say just grew up black like i'm minimizing it Mm -hmm. but they grew up black and they experienced their hardships especially in the 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s 2000s and now you have this kid who is black and gay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like you were talking about earlier, you know, you, you have all these compounding factors 
And you don't know how to communicate that because, of course, healthy communication <clears throat> isn't just something that's taught. And so now your fear is turning into anger. Or your, your fear manifests as anger. It shows up as anger. And not that it's an excuse, but because we don't excuse bad behavior. At all. But at the same time, I mean, I, I, I get that little bit of understanding. Now, there are some people who... They're not afraid. They're not afraid of your gay. They're just assholes. Mm -hmm. And you know, it goes back to our previous conversation about um, discrimination. Period. Like there are going to be bigots. Mm -hmm. And so, another part of this conversation is like, do you see, or do you do you see any hope for change? I think so. I think the way I see hope, like that, it's through education. Mm -hmm. You have to, people have to be open to it, first of all. And then I think we have to, I hate that we have to take on the burden because it shouldn't be our burden. But sometimes we just have to have the discussion. I think a lot of um, people, like you said, just growing up black, not to mentalize it, but they think gay and they instantly go like all the way out here on the spectrum. Like instantly I want press on nails, I want a wig. Like that's what they're thinking. But then you have these conversations with like older people in your family, specifically I've done it. And I'll be like, Hey, he gay. And they be like, no, he's not. I'm like, yes, that big buff black nigga over there is gay. And they be like, oh, my God. So when people start to see that gay doesn't look like what they think is going to be and it's not causing them any harm, mm -hmm. they start to ask more questions. I actually, this was random. I was standing like next to this. I have this big window in my house. None of this. I'm listening. I'm standing by the window. I have a neighbor downstairs. He's very um, he's very masculine. Big truck, like real dark skin. He's actually attractive. So uh, there's somebody else in the community who is um, gay, obviously, and he was walking by and he was talking to the dude like they're always talking. I'm listening to general banter because I'm nosy. I'm a people watcher. Mm. And he says, do you have a real girl living upstairs? And the dude like, I can't see their faces. so I'm just listening. I'm like, a real girl living upstairs? What the hell do they talk about? And he's like, what do you mean a real girl? And the dude's like, well, you know, this is Atlanta. He was like, I don't know how to say it. Like, can you tell me how to say it? And they had a whole conversation about mm -hmm. how to address a trans woman. And it was amazing. Oh, wow. All oh. around just simple I education. So sometimes I think we have to, like, see past people's faults and see their need to be learning things and need to, like, turn the dial a little bit. Although we're not supposed to take on the burden of other people, sometimes you just got to just press through it. It may be awkward a little bit, but you have to have awkward conversations. But I think, and sometimes it doesn't hurt to take on the burden. Mm -hmm. Because I was in the grocery store the other day and there was this trans woman and she she had her hair pulled back, she was in mm -hmm. her little uniform, and then she had on these bright yellow nails. And you can, I don't know if she was actually comfortable. And so like, she comes over and she starts backing my stuff and she's kind of doing it kind of just lackluster. And I was like, hey girl, nice nails. And like automatically, it was almost like she felt she felt like she was seen. Mm -hmm. And and I think sometimes just that little bit of compassion, just realizing that she may her everyday may not just be uh, a walk in the park. Yeah. And then that little bit of visibility was enough. Yeah, because let's imagine being a little boy and being gay, and you just and and like. That's a whooping on. That is so confusing, and that's why we have a lot of gay children, unfortunately, killing themselves mm -hmm. because, like, everywhere you look, someone's telling you you're wrong. You're black. You're wrong. You're gay. You're wrong. You you cross too much. You do this. You talk. You you're wrong. Like that is tormenting, mm -hmm. and so I just want to encourage every person out there. If you have somebody gay in your family, 
even if you don't understand it, like Solomon said, research it. Oh no, you said that. Shazam said, research it, and then that's educate yourself. Because mm-hmm. I promise you, it, it might. It's not easy being true to who you are. Because some days I'd be like, Lord Jesus, if I could just like girls, I have to go to half that I go through. It's like, and I'm just being honest, but like I can't. And it's just this is who I am. And I'm at a point now, and I'm grown now to say it don't bother me. But a little child right. who's going to school, and he just puts in some type of representation of him. And then everyone around you is telling you, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. Like, that could be tormenting. I but think, oh, go ahead. I think that's why the movie Moonlight still makes me cry to this Ooh. day. Anytime I watch Moonlight, I could go home right now and get on the couch and watch Moonlight and literally bust out in the tears. Like, there's a scene where the little boy says, am I a faggot? And the dude looks at him, and Janelle Monae looks at him like, and the dude tells him, like, no, you're not. Even though, like, typically he could have said, yes, you are, because, like, that's what everybody was expecting. Mm -hmm. But it's like to see that character just, like, wrap his arms around that little boy when he was getting chased in the house and things like that, that fucks me up every time. I literally cry every time I watch Moonlight. I've seen it a million times. But I think that also goes back, because we often talk about homophobia as a, as an external thing. Mm-hmm. But then we also have this internalized homophobia that is a result of all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, all of this, all of these societal pressures. And I think there is value in having a conversation about people who fear just living mm. and living authentically. So I'm a little triggered, but I'm a... This I can tell you really wasn't talking, um, so I can tell you was. So this brings back childhood trauma uh, just growing up. I remember growing up in Portland, I brought my first boyfriend home. Um, but, you know, oh, this is my friend type of ordeal. And it still plays in my head. My mom was like, don't bring that gay shit around here to the house. Hey, mom, I know she watches it. Um... And it was just so disheartening, just, like, growing up, like, speaking of what she said, like, now that I'm 35 and looking back at the time, she probably did think that it was, like, very left field, like, oh, I'm about to be wearing nails and, like, doing hair and makeup and shit, which is not really the case. I'm not the most masculine man, but I'm also not, you know, wearing hair hair and nails and shit. So, um... Just, just like, I just remember just sitting on the porch and her doing that and then her bringing me in, like, the house and was like, well, who was that and how'd you meet him? And, um, you know, just, like, very, like, interrogating me on a situation where we could have just had a conversation versus, you know, like, pinpointing me to be the subject, so to say. So I do say that, like, if you are going through something, if you're young, if you're watching this old or still trying to figure out yourself, it's okay. We all look different. We all got different stories. It's okay. Like, mm-hmm. there is no certain picture of gay. So they come in tall, dark skin, big, light skin, whatever the case may be. Like, but just live in your truth. And I'm, like, currently, like, Atlanta has exposed me to, like, so many good avenues for myself that I'm just learning while just living here for two and a half years. So, yeah. Protect the gay babies. <laughs> you can always come to your uncles. Yeah. <laughs> We know a lot. <laughs> and statistics proves that gay couples are richer than the average straight couple, but go ahead. Yeah, because why does everybody think I'm the rich uncle? Because we are. Because <laughs> you, you be out there partying. <laughs> I love Uncle Pants, my homophobe, because he ain't homophobe no more. 
I'm like, bitch, you still on the corner? <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl! <laughs> still the street park? Let me by so you can smell my <laughs> You got a Tesla, girl? And I do. And I still see your Honda from 1996. <laughs> and I'd rather cry in my Tesla than my Honda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we laughed. I needed that light moment. Yes. It's really good. But thank you, Solomon. That was that was I like you that. navigated that very well. Please don't send us an invoice. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a therapy session. I it, love your navigation. Yeah, we can't say that. No, but that's what we yeah. but that's what we do. We have honest <laughs> conversations. <laughs> he need his license, girl. Okay. <laughs> Left on red, you guys. This is where we welcome our openers to come in and have conversation with us. And you know, you can also, you know, to um write us. Here is our IG. <laughs> This Oplichup Podcast at gmail.com or go to the website and it's Oplichupodcast.com. All right. So left on red, it reads, please help me. I am about to marry. I am about to be married to love. Wait, hold on. I am about to be married to my love in December. We are now finalizing the guest list. I want to invite my ex to my wedding. Here's a little backstory about my ex. I am now 40 years old. My ex and I have broken up for 15 years. However, we have become best friends. My now fiance knows that my ex is my best friend, but all of a sudden he doesn't want him to come anymore, even though my ex has a boyfriend of five years. I'm conflicted about pressuring pressuring the issue. What should I do? If your yep. husband who is about to walk you down the aisle and show you that you are the love of their life and tell them that you bring me joy and no one else in this world and just because in my Anita Baker voice, if they don't want it. them at the wedding, don't let them come. Well, uh, this is not this is not an issue. And at this point, you should if I was your um about to walk you down the aisle and marry you in front of all your ugly ass cousins and you told me that you wanted your ex to come to the wedding and I and I was offended with that and you was talking about I'm convicted we got some other things to do we don't need to be getting married if you have a problem with me not wanting your ex at my wedding ugh don't invite the ex why would you why would you invite opener why would you invite your ex to your wedding Answer that for yourself. I would never in my life invite an but y'all ex. Y'all like being friends with your exes. I'll be friends <laughs> with your friends, but they're not getting an invite to my wedding. It, it's not even that they wouldn't get an invite, but if Bay says they don't want them there, then boom. you yeah. like That's how I, I feel. I'm easy. Happy home, happy husband. Hello? That's all you, I said, you said you don't want you don't like this person? Okay, they won't get an invite. Because as we make the guest list, it's like, okay, we got to agree on the people. Like... This is crazy. And I'm getting there by left with his ass last week. Bitch, this week is different, and he ain't invited. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's an issue, like Chanel said. <laughs> and out of respect, if that's truly your best friend who is your ex, if you told him he's not comfortable with you being there, your best friend should say, oh, okay, and send a gift. Absolutely. Is he Damn. comfortable with y'all being best friends? Like, how does that work? Because... It's it, that, it's a lot. I don't know. It, it, it's kind of he left a lot of open. And like how like how like this is your best friend. So how much are you telling this person about your relationship, your marriage, your daily life? Like I think a best friend. Like my best friend know everything about me. Doesn't sound like there's gonna be a wedding in December. <laughs> <laughs> that man is trying. That man is not trying to feed your ex. Oh, at all? Starve, <laughs> bitch! I paid three hundred dollars a head, and he's not invited. Oh, or his crusty ass man. <laughs> Six hundred dollars going to the other person. <laughs> Let's 
That's about the Williams. Oh, okay. <laughs> Williams. <laughs> but think about this. But think about this. And I would ask this question: Why do you want to walk into your future, bringing your past? Mm. Shyable. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that hit me. <laughs> like that. That's the only question that I would have. Why would you want to walk into your future and then invite your past? I agree with that. Well, open it if you love your husband, <laughs> future <laughs> husband. <laughs> You better tell that nigga to the left, to the left. Beyonce, irreplaceable. <laughs> <laughs> just stress me out. Ooh, Damn. Ooh, yeah, my head hurt now. My blood pressure has been all over this on this episode. Y'all be going through some shit. <laughs> and I'll be having to pack all this shit. That's why we need goddamn donations. Okay. Because <laughs> our stress level is at a 10. It's all to get us out of here. It's getting hot. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Openers, thanks for coming and joining the four of us as we swallow hard topics and spit difference of opinions. Next week! <laughs> <laughs>